welcome to Not So Peter Priest's podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood. And you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy. Bye. the right word you should use for that <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate um, the enthusiasm <laughs> yes i enjoy being angry no <laughs> ragey dusty is my favorite but i don't know if it'll just be like ragey stuff i think it'll just more just be like oh god of course right you know like <laughs> good old offshoots of mormonism always make me feel warm and fuzzy inside this one's actually not too bad though i think they've taken what the what we know as the mainstream mormon church and actually made it kind of decent i think (laughs) oh okay but uh, we can talk about it um so listeners we are going to talk about the reorganized church of jesus christ also known as the community of christ Oh, that's what they're called. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I actually went to their website, and it was kind of, it was interesting. It's been a while since I went there, but like, uh, I have all my notes now. But um, <laughs> it was, it was a little weird. It kind of gave me heebie-jeebies a little bit in some parts because it's like, oh, because it's like Mormonism, but like not like it's like off-brand Mormonism. <laughs> it's Kirkland version of Mormonism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like they still. Uh, okay, we're gonna let's just get into it. I guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of notes, so I probably gonna end up skipping. A I don't know, because, like I've said before, I think that last time we recorded, um, that sometimes it's a surprise for me because I did these notes a lot while ago too. So, all right. <laughs> We're all here for the journey. Together. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So the Community of Christ, known from 1872 to 2001 as the Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, RLDS, is an American-based international church and is the second largest denomination in the Latter-day Saint movement. So the church reports 250,000 members. Oh. Did you have a... <laughs> Uh, in 1,100 congregations in 59 countries. 59 the, countries. Yeah. Wow. No, Is I it, just, I thought it was interesting that they're the second largest in the LDS movement. Like, it's recognized that, like... As a movement. As a yeah. movement, yeah. I think that's that just piqued my interest, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe all the, most of this is from their website, actually. So, and some Wikipedia. Um, anyway... Use really professional sources. Wikipedia is not the most reliable, but you know, <laughs> we go with it. <laughs> it's a really professional podcast. I'm here. Uh, for it. <laughs> <laughs> the church traces its origins to Joseph Smith's establishment of the Church of Christ on April 6, 1830. 
uh, a group of members, including his eldest son, Joseph Smith III, formally established the current church on April 6, 1860, in the aftermath of the 1844 death of Joseph Smith. So 20-odd years after he died. Is that right? Yeah. 1860? Yeah, uh, not, not quite 20 1860, it was established in 1860, and Joseph, so about 15 years. 15 years, okay. By his son. Yeah, Joseph Smith the third. Okay. Uh, and we'll get into their, like, lineage on that. It's, that's what kind of what gave me heebie-jeebies. But although Community of Christ is a restorationist faith expression, various practices and beliefs are congruent with mainline Protestant Christianity. While it generally rejects the term Mormon to describe its members, which sounds familiar, (laughs) the church abides by a number of theological distinctions unique to Mormonism, including, but not limited to, prophetic revelation, a priesthood polity, the use of the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants of Scripture, belief in the cause of Zion, the building of temples, and an interpretation of the Word of Wisdom. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting, and we'll get into like the Book of Mormon, how they um, how they view the Book, Book of Mormon now. Uh, part of what they, I guess, this little preview, but part of what they um, they had to join this like they were losing money, and so they um, part of the reason why they they were able to join this Christian coalition type of churches, like an umbrella group of oh, okay. churches. And to get money from them, like to uh, to be in their organization, but they, in order to do that, they had to denounce the Book of Mormon as scripture, oh. and that's what became the community of community of Christ. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they no longer they, believe in the Book of Mormon as scripture. Yeah, they use it as supplementary um, scripture. They call it scripture still, but they like it's. They don't. It's not like their main doctrine, like we like know. Like it isn't as. Like, like the mainstream Mormon Church. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. In many respects, the church differs from the larger Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and most other Latter Day Saint denominations in its religious liberalism, belief in the traditional concept conception of the Trinity. So they believe in the Trinity. Um, And rejection of exaltation and the plan of salvation. Oh. Yeah. Their views on salvation is different. It's a little more Protestant-y. Like, a little more... um, uh, Salvation is considered a personal matter and subject to dogma, but salvation by grace alone is emphasized. So they... You know how, like... I like that better. I know, right? With like faith without works, like it's like you're still just yeah you're saved by grace, you know, yeah. which is what like Christian denominations believe anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it actually like it gives more credence to the sacrifice of Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because like yeah. like we've talked before, I think like why did he die then? If we have to do all this stuff, then like why did he die? <laughs> it's, just a, it's a competition thing, right? Like if sister whatever is Relief Society president and she always does her visiting teacher or whatever they call it now and she goes to the temple three times a week and it's like it's a competition so that they can force members to like yeah compete with each other 
it's so uh, yeah and then it becomes like a holier than thou thing like oh i'm working so hard i'm doing all i have all these callings i have this thing i gotta go to this church thing i gotta do this and you dedicate your life to you literally your life to it and yeah it becomes um, your entire life yeah yeah and yeah. they look down on people that don't make it their life which yeah, yeah. sunday mormons or whatever right yeah. isn't that what they always mm-hmm. call them we were kids yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then Jack Mormons can't Jack go there. Mormons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so the church considers itself to be non-credal and accepts people with a wide range of beliefs. Church teachings emphasize that all are called as persons of worth to share the peace of Christ. So they're a little more open to people, and we'll get into that a little bit, too. Um Community of Christ worship follows a free-form worship, placing more of the foundation on Scripture based on the Revised Common Lectionary. I have no idea what that is. Listeners, if you know what that is, I did not look it up, so sorry. Revised <laughs> Common Lectionary. Lectionary. Okay, I'm going to look that up after. All right. Uh, from its headquarters in Independence, Missouri, the church offers a special focus on evangelism, peace, and justice ministries spiritual spirituality and wholeness youth ministries and outreach ministries so when they talk about ministries it seems it when i was looking at it it's what they call missions instead of instead of missions it's called ministries so and they had like people like apostles going like their their apostles are going on missions oh really and they're like the heads and maybe it's just because they're not as big but like um they do kind of old school, like the old Mormons used to do when it was like the you'd have Joseph Smith sending out his apostles or whatever, his people going out to do like missions. Okay, so the RCL, the Revised Common Lectionary, is a widely is used widely around the world and across denominations, including Methodist, Presbyterian, Disciples of Christ, American Baptist, Reformed, whole list, whole list, whole list. But it's basically just like a three-year cycle of weekly excuse me weekly lections used to varying degrees by the majority of mainline protestant churches in canada oh. sorry i'm in canada so that's what i got <laughs> but, yeah, okay but that makes yeah sense. so it's, it's like, like a, a, a curriculum like, kind of oh, okay the okay. most protestant churches follow that's yeah interesting um, so a little bit their history. Uh, we already talked about how they were formerly known as the Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, they regard themselves as the true embodiment of the original church organized in 1830 by Joseph Smith and in regards Joseph Smith III, the eldest surviving son of Joseph Smith, J. Dog, to have been his legitimate successor. The church was legally organized on April 6, 1830 in Fayette, New York. Uh, the formal uh, reorganization occurred on April 6, 1860, in Amboy, Illinois, as the oh, as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So they were called. So they were the original Church of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, and then they added the word to the the word reorganized to the church name in 1872. 1872. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the church was founded based on a pattern of lineal succession through Joseph Smith, the prophet, presidents of the church, and as a mainstream alternative to the Strangeites and the late, larger LDS church led by Brigham Young. I think the weren't the Brigham Young, the ones that we know, were called Brighamites for a while, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, they all like called themselves his own little like niche group names. Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. ever went on Moroni's Quest, <laughs> mm-hmm. you like might have had a fun little name that your group went by. I can't remember what mine was. I really can't. But there was like people would take like the mom and dad of the group. They would like use their last name or whatever, like the Johnsonites or whatever. Uh-huh. So oh. it just makes me think of like Moroni's Quest as a well i mean j dog you know created the laymanites because you know that he's so creative with their yeah so (laughs) Uh, that's interesting though that they were the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints yeah yeah and i don't know i guess they were first and then they Added reorganized so they wouldn't be confused, I guess, with the. Yes, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it has long history as a Midwestern wing of the Latter day Saint movement. It also had a long history of vocal opposition to plural marriage within the Latter day Saint movement. I'm shocked that the son of Emma Smith would have a problem with plural marriage. Like, yeah, weird. Shook to my core. <laughs> um, mm. Like, wasn't he the same age as, like, Fanny? Like. <laughs> <laughs> like that was how oh, there was a collective like <laughs> vomit sound of that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> community community of Christ considers the period from 1830 to 1844 to be a part of its early history, and from 1844, the year of the death of the prophet founder to which the prophet founder. Sounds weird. Uh, to 1860 to be a period of disorganization. Uh, since 1844, the doctrines and practices of the Community of Christ have evolved separately from the other denominations of the LDS movement. Uh, since the 1960s, the church's proselytizing outside North America have caused a reassessment and gradual evolution of its traditional practices and beliefs. Uh, a revelation presented by Wallace B. Smith who's one of the prophets, we'll find out, um, in 1984 decreed the construction of the Independence Temple and the ordination of women to the priesthood. Oh. Long-standing calls for both. So they they had been, it, it, got, it happened in 1984, but they had already been, like, people were asking for it before that, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, it is, Yeah. Because if we go back to, like, Joseph Smith time, again, we talked about it when we had that episode with Katie about women in the priesthood, mm-hmm. about how it was kind of the women's job to, like, take care of the healing and praying over the, the healing, yeah. yeah. So, interesting. It just makes sense. See, and I can remember hearing about and uh, seeing pictures of the Independence Missouri Temple, and it's like yeah. a spiral. Yeah. And people are, and, like... As a kid, you know, in seminary or whatever, you're like, oh, that's so creepy. Oh, it's so weird. And it's like. <laughs> then you look I mean, at our temple and you're like, that's too. Pretty, pretty <laughs> creepy and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, I know somebody, <laughs> they give tours of their temple apparently, or they used to. Oh, wow. And um, I remember somebody saying, somebody that like in seminary, I can't remember who it was. Anyway, I was in high school. And I'm pretty sure everybody has a story kind of like this, but they like, we went to Missouri and we saw the, we were toward the RLDS temple and we saw pictures of women giving blessings and it was the weirdest thing and it's creepy. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's 
funny. I remember somebody saying they like went to it and like they could just tell it was just full of like evil spirits. And I was like, oh, come on. Come right. on. Yeah. Really? <laughs> They're just so <laughs> led astray. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I also remember I went to Nauvoo with my family like right before my mission and um my dad's was saying something about how emma f- he didn't use this word but he emma fucked it up by staying <laughs> whatever and i was like uh-huh <laughs> 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 i'm picturing my dad saying that that would but, actually that would make me laugh really hard <laughs> I, yeah I've only heard that man say the F word once, and it was kind of terrifying. But you know, whatever, because he was very mad when he did it. It was the punchline of a joke, I think, one time, and I was like, "Father!" (laughs) 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 He didn't know I was there. I like came around the corner. Oh, oh, um, uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I said duck. Uh, let's see. Following, so they call their, it's weird because they call their prophets like prophet president, like prophet hyphen president. Okay. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I don't so know. So unlike I'm, our church, when they're acting as a prophet or if they're acting as the president <laughs> of the corporation, yeah. he just wears one giant sombrero. One giant hat, yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> and it's very in your face about it. And he kept it. <laughs> he is corporation. And profit at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so following the retirement of Smith as prophet president of the church, W. Grant McMurray was appointed as the new president. Although McMurray had been designated prophet president by Smith, it's just such a mouthful. Prophet president. Uh, and he can some, retire as prophet? Yeah. And we're going to get, yeah. Okay. Oh. So some of them. Some of them resigned. Yeah, all of I think all of them resigned except for Joseph Smith the third. I think he did it until he died. But then, like, anyway, we'll get into that because there's a little bit of stuff on their lineage, which, like, yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. Some members, some members objected because he was the first church president who was not a direct descendant of Joseph Smith which they consider to be a distinguishing trait from other denominations of the Latter-day Saint movement. So in that was in 1908. Uh, let me look. It's like how you boys would always have in the front of your scriptures, like a little list of like how you could trace your priesthood back to Jesus Christ through Joseph Smith mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. I just remember the boys always having that and I'm being like, okay. Which, <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> my, yeah, I know. I my dad would always say that we could and I was like, Oh, that's cool and then um but I've never actually seen my like mine. Um let's see. Oh, so this was let's see, during Wallace B. Smith, that was in the nineties when he so up until the nineties they had Joseph Smith's lineage. That's crazy. Yeah. As the prophet president president prophet, what is whichever it is. Anyway. What do you um, think? So we just now kind of know what like Joseph Smith looked like because of those death masks that came out mm-hmm. last year or whatever. But you would think if they actually were his family, they would like be looking at the normal Mormons and being like, "You guys are crazy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Well, and then there's that picture it. that they think was him too that came out yeah. last year. Like, and he's super creepy. But yeah, you would think that they would have, like, the RLDS like, would have more access to, like, hey, we actually have a picture of him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just, like, I find it funny that like there's so there's like a known thought of what like J Dog looked like, and they weren't like, hey, that's my great grandfather. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. and they see like pictures of him, and they're like, "That's not what he looked like." <laughs> or if they're just like sitting over there laughing, like, oh, "Okay, okay, <laughs> sure, Jen." <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. Um, where was I? Those changes. Um, yeah, those changes, among others, were controversial among the membership, and they led to the formation of breakaway churches. So they had more breakaways uh, once they had women get the priesthood and the Independence Temple, apparently. And then uh, in 1994, former former church historian Richard P. Howard estimated that 25,000 members had left to join such groups. Uh, Between the mid-1960s and the late 1990s, there was a one-third decline in new baptisms in the United States, along with a 50% drop in contributions in the decade before 1998. The decline, wow. yeah. Uh, it's interesting because we're kind of seeing that in. I was going to say church. we're seeing like, that with the LDS church now, where there's been like such a decline of new pap- new baptisms and people leaving. Mhm. And I've been seeing. Um, I've had it a couple times where listeners or people on Instagram will be, um, ask me like, "What do you think is the future of the church?" And um, they're like, "We." Some have said like straight up, they just want to see the church like go away forever and and i understand that sentiment because like there's a part of me that wants that also but mm-hmm. i think there's such a stronghold and they have so much money that they're gonna they're never gonna actually go away it just will look differently yeah they'll shift and, and they'll change and they'll make adjustments as needed to stay relevant but they'll only do that when it comes down to their financials like exactly or they'll get to a place where or legal no stuff longer, or, yeah or they'll no longer need to like even worry about their tax exemption because they're such a thriving corporation Mm -hmm. and yeah and they'll just continue on the way they are and nobody will be able to say anything to them because they're such a huge conglomerate yeah so yeah and i mean i'd love to like burn it to the ground i know there's people that like it helps them and it's like such a good space for them it might not be the like majority of members but I would also. I mean, if you're a straight white man, it's a yeah. great, it's a great <laughs> deal for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just know there's like places in the world where like it provides such a sense of community. Yeah, and it for would sure. Be, it would be hard to not have that to lean on anymore. So mm-hmm. there, are, there is like this small part of me that's like, well. But yeah. then I remember all the corruption, and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> just kidding. Just burn it to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it also depends on what I'm reading about them. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like I oh, just burn it down. But then in some, like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. I guess in that we instance, had that one, one of those, one of those <laughs> right? Yeah, and we had right, one of those yeah. machines in our mall that was like the light the world or whatever. Oh, but, yeah. All the Disney princesses were there. Oh, it was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that part of it I'm into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's 
the decline in membership was offset somewhat by an increase in converts outside the United States. Uh, growth continues to be driven by missions outside the U.S., particularly in the developing world and in Australia. Uh, in recent years, the church has attracted many ex-Mormons, so there's a lot of ex-Mos oh. that are going to it, which I can see that. Like, it's like oh, yeah. like a rebrand, you know, it's a, yeah. still get the comfort of it, but like there's like so many, there's enough difference that it's not, you don't feel like it's the the same yeah, there's more liberal beliefs, it seems like, that's maybe not as restrictive as the LDS church. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Let's see. I don't... Let's see. Uh, the church owns two temples. The Kirtland Temple, dedicated in 1836. So that's the... I know the art... The, mainstream church wants to buy it from wants it yeah from, they want it, it don't them, they but this the rlds won't let them have it which is good i'm like them. good yeah. <laughs> part of their they have enough. <laughs> yeah. uh just keep building your stupid other temples okay leave this one alone uh and the relatively new independence temple which serves as a church's headquarters in independence missouri these structures are open to the public and are also used for education and gatherings, which I think is interesting that it's open to the public. Like I said, they do tours and stuff. Um, very different from, you know, the LDS church. So um, the church also owns and operates some Latter-day Saint historic sites in Lamoni, Iowa, which I'm like, Lamoni, <laughs> and Plano and Nauvoo, Illinois. Oh, yeah, I knew they had stuff in Nauvoo because there's like always a fight about stuff between, oh, yeah. yeah, like there's like a distinct plaque about who owns it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nauvoo is such a, an interesting little town. It doesn't, uh, I've heard of people saying that like the locals, who was it that I was talking about? Oh, I've re- I recorded a podcast about this. Who was I talking to? Oh, shit. Um, was it, I, I think it was Irene's Entropy. Could be wrong. Anyway, she was saying, I think it was her. If I'm wrong, I don't know. Anyway, they're saying that, like, the Nauvoo locals, the people that still live there, hate the, like, the Mormon tourists and stuff. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. That would be, I mean, as somebody who grew up, like, outside of Waterton, I hate people who go to Waterton for the summer. Because it turns (laughs) my, like, nice little quiet town into, like, oh, oh. It's just too much. Hey, so I get it. <laughs> I want to be a tourist in Waterton. So <laughs> hey. I hate all of us. <laughs> uh, that's on my list of places to go. <laughs> anyway. Hold on. We'll go we'll go hike a mountain. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> totally down. <laughs> you know it. Uh so they got the auditorium independent in independence. Houses the Children's Peace Pavilion and is the site of the major legislative assembly of the Community of Christ, which convenes during the World Conference. The World they Conference. have a conference? Yeah. Oh. Uh, the church sponsors Graceland University with a campus in Lamoni and another in Independence where the School of Nursing and the Community of Christ Seminary are based. Oh, they have a seminary too. Huh. Yeah, but it sounds like it's different than... Like it's in a college level, so kind of more yeah, like, it's like how you would like become a pastor or whatever, right? Is normally like when yeah. I've said I've got a seminary, people are like, "You're a pastor," and I'm like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I drink a lot of orange slurpees in my seminary. 
<laughs> oh yeah, because you were the one that came in late with your Slurpees, and so yeah, surprised you didn't come in with a Starbucks or something. <laughs> Could you imagine the day they build a Starbucks in Cardston? <laughs> oh. oh, I would just I oh. You need to go there and be I'd like, be, yes. I'd be like, this is this is hold the it place. out to people and be like, Back. this is the I'm place. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real place. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, so I got into their teachings and practices, but I don't really want to. A lot of their stuff is so they believe in the Trinity, um, which I thought was interesting. I don't know how that came about. That doesn't. They're like, why they branched off away from. Well, didn't Joseph Smith originally believed in the Trinity, didn't he? He didn't even like. He had he like didn't he? Yeah, he like. Yeah. Changed his mind. <laughs> yeah, shocking. A lot. So, shocking. I don't know. Um, Depends on whatever strain of mushrooms he was eating that week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am forever triggered by mushrooms now. Mexican Gothic. Just so you know. Readers, if you've not listened to Red Mexican Gothic, (laughs) be prepared for some. It's so good, though! That's a good book, and I knew what it was going to (laughs) be. Thank you, Dr. for making me a nerd. (laughs) I was going to talk to you about uh, The Last of Us. That's also. So (gasps) instead of a virus, it's fungus that's making these people into zombies. And I was going to text you as soon as I was watching it. And I was like, Dusty. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, The Last of Us on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. If you're in Canada, it's on Crave. Uh, yeah, they filmed it here in my town and also in my hometown. <laughs> so <laughs> I was watching the trailer and I was like, hey, hey what? Oh. <laughs> so there you go. There's my claim to fame. <laughs> Ooh. She'll take uh, autographs later. It's yes. fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right now we got to talk about the RLDS, okay? Okay. So. <laughs> uh, but it's really good so far. The first episode was fantastic. This is this is um, recommendation corner. <laughs> Read Mexican Gothic. Watch The Last of Us. See if you can catch what's actually my town and what is the built set. (laughs) Also, another thing to recommend, I don't know if I recommend it because I've only watched one episode and I wasn't super thrilled, but National Treasure on Disney Plus, there's a a whole um, storyline about the Masons, which Joseph Smith was a Mason, Mm -hmm. stole a lot of his stuff for the temple ceremonies, Mm -hmm. and they show a straight up close up of a temple handshake. And I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't. <laughs> ah, I have a friend who was a Mason. He, like, resigned mm-hmm. years ago. And I, like, talk to him about it all the time. I'm like, so, how pissed <laughs> off is the Masons that Joseph Smith, like, stole their stuff? And he's like, I, I don't know. I wasn't, like, a high level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you come uh, back when you have the, the hot tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That reminds me of like, I got tea for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite word here. <laughs> oh, um, let's see. So the, another one was the their view on the worth of all persons. This is from their website. I know for sure. Okay. The community of Christ states that God loves each of us equally and unconditionally. All persons have great worth and should be respected as creations of God with basic human rights. Huh. Weird. Aww. The Aww. 
I know. It makes me like, oh, you guys are great. Okay. What happened to like what happened to your people? The people that you Brigham oh Brigham Young. That's what happened. Yeah, Brigham Young happened. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't even have to finish that sentence. It was Brigham Young. Okay. <laughs> I really want to know what they if they do like the temple ceremony type stuff like like yeah. the because they have a temple, so they got to do something. They've Same with all these other like endowments and stuff. Did they give informed consent? Do you think? Let's investigate and find out. <laughs> Maybe we could like write to their prophet president. Maybe <laughs> we're just we're just we're just. <laughs> Dusty has this hill that she's willing to die on, and it's informed consent. She just needs to know where you stand on letting people know what they're signing up for. <laughs> Because even yeah. Scientologists, they see on the paperwork that they're signing a million-year contract. They even see it. It oh, makes yeah. no sense. Yes, you have to. You, when you join the Sea Org, <laughs> this is another side note. <laughs> We're gonna have to do a Scientology we have episode. To. We have, I could talk about them for hours. They fascinate me. But yeah, when you <laughs> join the Sea Org, you sign a contract that is a mil- yeah Sea Organization. It is a million-year contract that you sign that you will be participating because they believe, like, you come back as, like, another person after you've, like, yeah. So, you sign a million-year contract. But it's in their contract. It says in black and white that you're signing a million years. Where's that, Mormon Church? Where's that? Mm. At least they give informed consent. It's fucking crazy, but at least you know about (laughs) it. At least you know what you're signing up for. Oh, God. And you're probably not eight years old when you do it, so. I, I mean, I think they're like, I think the youngest is like thirteen, so still not great. <laughs> but little, slightly better, just like a, like a. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So. Oh, side heated notes. <laughs> Dusty's getting heated. All right. <laughs> it's okay. She's she told me that she was freezing, so this is perfect. You're welcome. Yeah. I need to get my blood boiling. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Recognizing the scripture has sometimes been used to marginalize marginalize and oppress classes of persons. The church accepted the statement into the Doctrine and Covenants in 2007. They keep adding to the Doctrine and Covenants, which I think is incredible. Brilliant. Um, Yeah, which is what it was supposed to be for anyway, right? Yeah, wasn't it supposed to be like the papers of the prophets and like their revelations so we can fact check? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they stopped doing that. Hmm. Oh, oh, because too many people had old copies. Hmm. Uh, it is not pleasing to God when any passage of scripture is used to oppress races, genders, or classes of human beings. Many violent acts have been committed against some of God's beloved children through the misuse of scripture. The church is called to confess and repent of such attitudes and practices. I liked that. Yeah, I'm a fan. McMurray, is that his, is that their prophet president's name? President uh, prophet? I don't president. know who was that time. That was in 2007. I can tell you who that was at that time. It would have been... Oh, is he still the prophet? Uh, oh, it, yeah, it would be Stephen, Stephen M. Veazey. Veazey? Yeah. Skeezy Veazey? I don't mean, know. Sounds, sounds like a rapper. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so. Oh, and they have the concept. Oh, let's see. The prof- prophetic leadership in Revelation. 
the belief in continuing divine revelation is the distinctive aspect of the church, which so it goes along with what uh, the, the Mormons believe. Uh, the community of Christ can, states that the process through which God reveals divine will and love is called revelation. God continues to reveal, to reveal today as in the past. God was revealed to us through scripture, the faith community, prayer, nature, and in human history. I like that they put nature in there. And in human history. Well, yeah. I think they recognize, I like that they recognize that it's not just like your feelings, like the Holy Ghost is the only thing that gives you personal revelation. Yeah. Like, the, the, but you can recognize God in all things. Like, the, I know that Mormons say that, but they don't actually mean they don't it. Actually <laughs> act on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, some of them do, but like for the yeah. general. Individually, yeah. I think they do, but I think like doctrinally, I think they're a little more like, no, you get it from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's the so, specific thing. Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the president of the community of the community of Christ is sometimes referred to by the titles of prophet or prophet president. The president of the church acts as a prophet when bringing occasional inspired counsel or inspired documents documents to the church. These are usually I like that it was occasional, like that they at least acknowledge that it's not like he's like we were saying, like oh he's speaking like a man at this yeah. point, but then he's like at least they acknowledge and he could probably that gives him. A way to be like I'm infallible, you know, and yeah. instead of showing that like, like the rusty Nelson everything is I say must perfect. be yeah is a scripture until I die, and then it's yeah, I hate yeah. it. And then you can interpret it however you want and yeah. <laughs> say that oh it's problematic. So that means he was speaking like a man. <laughs> uh, the rage, right. oh the rage. Uh, so, yeah, they call their conferences the World Conference. Uh, when an inspired document is presented to the World Conference by the president of the church, an elaborate review process takes place. So they actually review it. What? Yeah. Wow. Each quorum of Pure the church. studies and reviews? <laughs> I know. My goodness. Weird. And you're probably, like, it's probably not just, you know, like, uh, what's the word? Like, uh assumed that you'll just uh, sustain the prophet you know like they'll actually he brings it to you brings it to these yeah people. like it seems like, like there would be room for questioning and re revision yeah, and, yeah, yeah and ask, just asking like can you clarify this for me because yeah. it sure isn't that yeah uh it says each quorum of the church and several caucuses caucuses which is such a, I'm a child. Uh, several <laughs> caucuses review the document and vote upon it. Uh, they the vote on it even. Okay, yeah. I but, would totally join. I mean, I know if I were to, join I would become the Community of Christ member for yeah. sure. Yeah, the quorums typically vote heavily in favor of the documents and sometimes unanimously. unanimously Debate is allowed, however, and the body has been known to refer the inspired document back to the president for further reflection or for clarification. That's incredible. Right? Could you like, imagine? Somebody <laughs> has to have accountability for what they say. This is amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, sign me up. I'm here my for it. My mind is blown. <laughs> I yeah. remember when I read this, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just kidding. I'm not actually going to join the church. Don't anybody at me. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, but you know, um, if I were to, 
this would probably be sarcasm. The it's a sarcasm. <laughs> Uh, when the document comes to the floor of the World Conference for Debate, the president retires from the room to allow for more impartial consideration. So he doesn't even sit there and lord over top of them, Mother. Oh, my God. The World Conference may vote to include the document as a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants, which is regarded as scripture by the denomination if the delegates at the World world, bleh, world Conference do approve an inspired document, it is the custom of the church to then have a courtesy vote, which is open to all non-delegates attending the conference. Oh. This is the only – it sounds like the World Conference isn't like general conference. It's not like no, a podcast. No, it sounds like it's like a meeting of people like who leaders. are in leadership. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the only time non-delegates are permitted to vote on World Conference business. Through this action, the president of the church can be assured that a large representation of the church membership supports the inspired document. Cool. Yeah. Because, like, uh, if he's really out to lunch, they're going to be like, dude, you're really out to lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they do. They believe in the concept of Zion. Um, let's see. It relates to a theology of the kingdom of God as a doctrine. It is therefore therefore closely founded upon the kingdom parables of Jesus as recorded in the four gospels. Uh, based on references in the Bible to Mount Zion or simply Zion, it is initially regarded as a city, sometimes called the New Jerusalem. Prior to 1920, most members of the RLDS church identified Independence, Missouri as Zion, Zion or the New Jerusalem. As New Testament understandings of uh Basileia as the realm or the domain of God have gradually taken root among members of the denomination. Zion is now understood. I like this though. Zion is now understood more as a cause, as a way of living, or as a state of existence, and is usually not regarded as having its foundation in a specific place. Yeah, I like that. I kind of feel like that's kind of what I was raised with the idea, especially not being from the states. It was yeah. more of like Zion was like a concept a rather than yeah. Yeah, rather than, like, I never felt, like, this great desire to, like, pick up and move to Salt Lake. Yeah. So, I know a lot of Mormons feel like, oh, they need, or I know a lot of people who have moved to Missouri because they felt like that was going to be, like, where the second coming happens, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, there was always, like, this, especially, like, in Utah and Idaho, there's, like, this, um, I don't, I I think this was like 80s, 90s. Like when I was a kid, I remember this like feeling of like, oh, this is that's how we'll know the second coming is happening. Is when every when there's a big giant movement to Missouri. Yeah. And um, I was, I don't know, for a while it's like, oh, I guess that's how we'll, you know, it's just like it's just one of those signs of the times. Yeah. That's how I saw it, and I was like, why do we need to move to Zion? Why do we need to? Of all places. Go there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been to, like, Kansas City, Missouri, and they got great barbecue. Oh, yeah. But, I've like, not that. worth picking up and moving for. <laughs> if any listeners are from Kansas City, Missouri, she didn't mean it, though. Like, it's probably great barbecue, but, like... I've been to Gates and Sons, and it was, like, the best barbecue I've had in my life. It was delicious. However, I'm not going to immigrate to Missouri. It was, it was fantastic, but I will visit. <laughs> <laughs> All our listeners from Kansas City, Missouri are like, okay, and we're done. <laughs> uh, goodbye. <laughs> <sighs> um, let's see. Yeah, that's pretty much it on that. I'm not going to. Oh, they did establish a refugee center 
in near Tel Aviv during the initial return of the Jewish diaspora to Israel in the early 1900s. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's kind of cool. Where they didn't build a school to like white civilization, another mm-hmm. culture. It's weird. Weird. <laughs> uh, priesthood. Nearly one in ten members of the church hold a priesthood office. These are prim- primarily unpaid by vocational ministers. The church does maintain <clears throat> a relatively small group of professional ministers who typically wow. serve as administrators, financial officers, or missionaries. So the missionaries are trained professionals weird wow yeah and their uh, administration is taken care of by professionals which means they're probably like mandated reporters yeah oh. hmm. Hmm. what a concept priesthood members are called to teach and preach the gospel or good news of jesus christ the ministry of the church at the congregational level is led by priesthood members and is carried out by all members of the priesthood and the laity in most congregations the p- pastors and other Elected and appointed leadership positions are unpaid positions. Uh, the right of women to hold the priesthood was recognized by a church by a church conference in 1984. Uh, let's see. Let's get into a little bit of their. So they we call them ordinances, but they call them sacraments, kind of like the Catholic Church does. They call oh, their, yeah. They have their your take your first sacrament, whatever. So it sounds like they've taken your first communion. First communion, and then like, I feel like don't they call them sacraments? Like at some point, anyway. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't remember. I know nothing about the Catholic Church. I don't know why I even mentioned that. But, um. I've been to like one mass <laughs> in my life. Yeah. So. I've, that's more than me. I've been in a, an Orthodox Catholic Church. Was Greek Orthodox Catholic Church that I went to. Yeah, I went to a mass one time and my dad was sitting next to me and they were like doing communion, like the wafers and the wine. And he was like, get up there. You need as much help as you can get. <laughs> I, I was like, thanks. Let's see. Members commonly believe that sacraments or ordinances express the abiding presence of God in the life of the church, its members and priesthood. Sacraments are considered metaphorical acts designed to create and renew a person's person's spiritual relationship with God. Sacraments are viewed as covenants with God in response to God's grace. The community of Christ practices eight sacraments. Baptism, confirmation, blessing of children, the Lord's Supper. I guess that's probably sacrament, but they call it, yeah. The Lord's uh, Supper. Marriage, ministration to the sick, ordination, and evangelist blessing. So the all the same stuff, but they just call them different things. Huh. Laying on of hands is used in confirmation, ordination, the blessing of children, ministration to the sick, and evangelist blessing. Uh, let's see. So there's oh, scripture. Yeah. So the. Oh no, this is. Oh, I was going to tell you what the Lord's Supper was, but it just brought me back to the LDS church. That's Ugh. weird. Anyway. Ew. <laughs> um, hold on, hold on. I might have it. Okay, this one might be wrong, but it's saying it traces its roots back to the Passover meal. So it might actually be like an actual meal that they have. But I could oh, be, I'll have to look at it. Like, um, so I know like Jewish tradition is uh, like to have a Passover meal. Yeah, and you have to have, and like, you have a, a bitter place herbs, for the place for. Yeah. Oh, 
he's, he's Elijah. He's, he's, Elijah the oh prophet. God. I didn't think about Elijah. Elijah. I was like, yeah, and the eldest son I, at the table has questions that he has to ask during the meeting, the meal. It's very cool. I participated in one. It was very cool. Yeah, I participated in one. It was a, I don't know, it wasn't Orthodox, like it wasn't like, uh, it was a Messianic Jew uh, congregation that I did. So I don't know, it might have been a little different than what um, like a Jewish congregation would do, but it was Yeah, it was just a a family Passover meal. It was really interesting. Very cool. Very cool feeling in the room for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um. Let's see, scripture. So the this was uh, the community of Christ points to Jesus Christ as the living word of God, and it affirms the Bible, including but not limited to the inspired version of the Holy Scriptures, along with the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants as scripture for the church. The community of Christ's view of scripture is that it should be reasonably interpreted and faithfully applied. Scripture references provided for congregational worship generally follow the re- revised common lectionary. The Church reviews the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants as additional witnesses of Christ's ministry and God's love. So not just, like, uh, yeah. Um, Let's see. The community of Christ understands Scripture as an inspired record of God's activity with humanity. While it recognizes Scripture as the revelation of God, its members would not typically suggest that Scriptures constitute the literal words of God. So it's more of an inspired fiction rather than so they're more willing to not take it as literally as like uh so in in their minds probably that like adam and eve didn't actually happen (laughs) noah's ark didn't actually happen but they were stories that we can learn lessons from and that's god like they're all parables and stuff parables yeah which is kind of how i always viewed them anyway like yeah not always but like uh even like when i was at byu idaho like i would take these classes and i would hear i was like yeah, they're ta- they're taking it too literally. Like, and I would just that always yeah. bugged me. Like, I don't, I don't know if this actually happened. <laughs> you know, I think like, that's what started a lot of my questioning was like people being so adamant that it was a literal thing, and I'd be like, you are insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see the Book of Mormon. Let's see the community. So they have the Bible. I don't know which one they. Let's see. Um, doesn't say. King James Version. Uh, let's see. Nope, they use the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Oh, I think I have one of those, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, like, I think it's funny that they still use the King James Version, which, like, and if you use any other version, they're like, oh, that's mm, wrong. <laughs> it's so weird to me, because there's some versions of the Bible that are so beautifully made that it makes sense and you don't feel like an idiot trying to figure out what it's saying mm-hmm. i don't know i find like the church makes things complicated on purpose a lot of the time yeah yeah uh, um let's see so the book of mormon their views of the book of mormon as as an additional witness witness of jesus christ uh, they published two versions of the book through its official publishing arm, Harold House. The authorized edition is based on the original printer's manuscript and the 1837 second edition, or Kirtland edition, of the Book of Mormon. Its content is similar to the Book of Mormon published by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but the versification is different. The Community of Christ also publishes a 1966 revised authorized edition, which attempts to modernize some of the language. I'd be interested in 
Like at least yeah. looking at that. Be... Yeah, I don't know that I'd want to read it. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> but it would be interesting to like see a side by side comparison of like a few things and then yeah. move on. <laughs> Maybe we could do an episode of it and just kind of pull some things out of it. Um, don't worry, I'll read. I'll do the reading. <laughs> I got way too much to read, anyways. I can't. <laughs> no, you do. <laughs> Uh, in 2001, Church President W. Grant McMurray reflected on increasing questions about the Book of Mormon. The proper use of the Book of Mormon as sacred scripture has been under wide discussion in the 1970s and beyond, in part because of long-standing questions about its historicity. 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 historicity that's I only know that because John Lynch to say. that word all the time. Oh. It's a hard word to say. It is. Uh, I had to, like... Slow it down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in part because of perceived theological inadequacies, including matters of race and ethnicity. Huh. Glad that he uh, acknowledged that. <laughs> but that's spicy. Uh, in the introduction, he qualified his statements I cannot speak for each person within our community, but perhaps I can say some words on behalf of our community. Um, the church's official stance has this to say about the Book of Mormon under affirm- Affirmation 9. I don't know what that... Uh, I think their affirmations are like the, are their articles of faith. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, with other Christians, we affirm the Bible as the foundational scripture of the church. In addition, the community of Christ uses the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants as scripture. We do not use these sacred writings to replace the witness of the Bible or improve upon it, but because they confirm its message that Jesus Christ is the living word of God. We have heard Christ speak in all three books of Scripture and bear witness that he is alive forever and ever. Um, and it also goes into the Doctrine and Covenants and how it's like a continual continual living document. which Right, uh, like they're always what, voting and, and adding to it. That's cool. kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So they have a like their interfaith activities. Um, Community of Christ has made efforts to reconcile with traditional Christianity and to reach out to other Christians. Eh, interesting, right? Like they actually, they actually want to be involved in the Christian community and not separate themselves. And not just say that they're Christians, but they're yeah. like, we're not like those Christians, but we are Christian. Like we're like, I'm not a regular Christian. I'm a cool Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Community of Christ frequently notes that it has never sanctioned sanctioned polygamy it has always ordained persons of any race so even uh, hats off to the rlds slash community of christ right it has no required creedal statement asking only the people profess faith in christ as a condition for baptism Aww, so you can I be like that you can be a like i don't know you can be a practicing catholic and be baptized as a you know into their yeah without even dropping your you're Catholic. That's cool. Uh, so, like, it's just like, you know, I keep, I think of how, like, uh, Mormon weddings, you know, like, mm-hmm. if you're not part of the faith and you don't have a temple recommend, you're kept out of the wedding. You're standing outside in the cold standing waiting there, for your sister to waiting. hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. there's a story there. That <laughs> 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 seemed a little passionate. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> have a lot of feelings. Um, <laughs> Go here. It <laughs> uh, asks only that people profess faith in Christ as a condition for baptism. It has accepted Trinitarian doctrine. It has been in dialogue with the National Council of Churches. I think that's what I was talking about when they had to kind of denounce the 
Book of Mormon as like yeah. another testament, but like call it an additional witness kind of thing. Yeah. Instead uh, of the being world... like the cornerstone of their religion. Mm-hmm. The World Council of Churches, WCC, and Christian churches together, and it has practiced open communion since 1994. On November 10th, 2010, the Community of Christ was unanimously approved for membership by the National Council of Churches, becoming the 37th member member communion of this ecumenical body. Ecumenical. Wow. Um, so they're part of that coalition of Christian churches that all work together and are friendly and yeah. don't call each other the Whore of Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> imagine, imagine getting along with your neighbors. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my one of my best friends in fourth grade was a Jehovah's Witness. And my mom was like, well, he can play with him, but as long as he doesn't. I remember overhearing her saying, like, he's helping her. He's helping him. Yeah, you know, get into sports and be a boy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, so at least there's boy. that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Instead of playing oh, with dolls. And stuff, oh my was... goodness. Uh, <laughs> you know how I feel about the dolls thing. I know, I know. Let the boy have a doll. Right? As my child was dancing in a tutu watching cookies bake earlier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. He is so cute. <laughs> uh... So women's participation, the church's priesthood was open to women in 1984. Uh, in 1998, Gail E. Mengel and Linda L. Booth became the first two women apostles in the church. What? Yeah. Female apostles? Wait, yeah. can they drink coffee? Oh, I don't know. I, I did say, I didn't look that up, of course. Sorry. Uh, let's see if you know. Um, but the uh, they did say that they practice a sort of. A sort of. Uh, word of wisdom, but I don't know what it is. But maybe I'll. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You want to Google it? I'm looking at it. Yeah, I'm gonna find out. Uh, at, the, to <laughs> at the two that while you're doing that, I will. Uh, at the 2007 World Conference of the Church, Becky L. Savage was ordained as the first woman to serve in the first presidency. In 2013, Linda L. Booth became the first woman elected to serve as president of the Council of Twelve. In 2016, Stasi, I think that's how you name, say your name, Stasi D. Cram, became the first woman presiding bishop of the church, and Jane M. Gardner became the first church's first female presiding evangelist. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't look like they pay tithing either. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they have to when they're in that coalition. Yeah, because they would be able to, yeah. Um, almost, um, so, uh, LGBTQ participation, the church is accepting of same-sex relationships. <laughs> That's amazing! Yeah. For a period of time, the church under the presidency of W. Grant McMurray allowed the priesthood ordina- ordina- ordination of practicing homosexuals, something she acknowledged was already occurring. The church would, ha- would later halt this practice, prohibiting the ordination of sexually active homosexuals. However, the church allows those who are ordained against policy to continue in priesthood office. So you can hold a priesthood office or a calling as a gay person, uh, which is completely different from Mormons. Yeah. Uh, you can be seen but not heard, basically, as a, <laughs> as a gay You can be gay. gay you can't person. just be gay. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Never experience love or, you know. 
intimacy. It's fine. Uh, in 2012, the Community of Christ held national conferences in Canada and Australia, both of which recommended the church to church leadership to change standing policies regarding ordination to include those in same-sex marriage, Canada, go Canada, and in marriage like same-sex committed relationships in Australia, and in Canada to extend the sacrament of marriage to same-sex couples. Official policy changes for these nations have been since been released that follow the recommendations of these conferences. So since 2012, they've been uh, allowed to have same-sex marriages within the church. That's crazy. Recognized by the church, too. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Like, that makes, I mean, yeah, everybody should be able to love whoever they want at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Community of Christ 2013 USA National Conference, like those in Canada and Australia, recommended changes. Those changes were recommended for the extension of the sacrament of marriage to same-sex couples in states where same-sex marriages are legal, the extension of covenant commitment services for same-sex couples in states where same-sex marriages are not yet legal, and extending eligibility for the priesthood call sacrament to all church members regardless of sexual orientation or open same-sex relationship. As so it they, should be. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that was only 10 years ago, but like they're still way ahead of our way ahead of the Mormon church. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, as a result of these recommendations, church leadership re released in March 2014 policy embracing the recommendations of the church in the United States. Ireland and Great Britain held a special multinational conference in 2013, which also recommended changes to policy similar to those of Canada, Australia and the United States. The changes have yet to be approved by the First Presidency and Council of Twelve for Ireland and Great Britain, with the likely time frame to develop, approve, and implement interim policies being up to one year after the 2013 conferences. I have that's old, so I'm 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 assuming I'd bet that they're. But this I would, yeah, I would guess. So I don't so. know if they just haven't updated it, but. Um, okay, so their lineage. This is the last little bit that I have. It's just. It was weird because they have it like they have pictures. Joseph Smith the third. They have a picture of him, which is kind of oh, really? weird. I'll put it on the Instagram. Yeah. Post this episode, but um, uh, Joseph Smith the third accepted leadership of the ch scattered church in 1860. As a teenager in Nauvoo after the Great Exodus, Joseph remained unaffiliated with any faction of our movement. He was elected by. Nauvoo citizens as justice of the peace in 1857, overcoming the stigma that local people associated with the name Joseph Smith. But even more important was his re-election in 1881. Voters were able to assess his fairness to settle such issues as property ownership rights, business contract relationships, and marriage. His re-election reflected the confidence people had in his wise decision-making. After much prayerful searching, Joseph felt God's calling him traveling, traveled to a gathering of church members in Amboy, Illinois, where there he was ordained as the president of the church in April 6th, 1860. So, um, it sounds like he, I mean, to be the son of Joseph Smith and yeah. all that bad blood, like, he was able to rise above it. Uh, most, I mean, Emma was his mom. Most likely because of Emma, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. Um, then Frederick M. Smith was next. He was Joseph Smith III's son. Uh, he became president of the church in 1915. He fervently believed that the community could show the world how the gospel of Jesus Christ could bring about social change and betterment. Uh, for him, the physical and spiritual needs of people were inseparable. Building Zion was 
the expression of the larger movement in Christianity known as the social gospel or tangible expressions of Christ's kingdom at work in the world. Fred M. Smith was passionate about building strong communities and furthering the cause of Zion. And then next was his son, Israel A. Smith. Uh, wait, just, yeah. Wait a second, what's happening? In 1946, Joseph Smith III's son, Israel A. Smith, succeeded his brother. Okay, so it's Joseph Smith. Oh, so like uh, a brother, so a son, and then another son. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, sorry, that was confusing. Uh, succeeded his brother, Fred M. So from what I understood, Joseph Joseph Smith III had a lot of kids, because <laughs> um, <laughs> the next one is also one of his sons. Oh, wow. Uh, and he was in 1958. Like, how old were these? It was very weird to me. Like, it felt weird. I was just, like, reading this, and I was like, that actually doesn't seem that long ago now. Like, when you look at it, it's really not that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know. Uh, I'm reading a book that's total off topic, but I'm reading a book that's set 100 years ago. But, like, she's talking about a, a car. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because 100 years ago was 1922. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when I think about a hundred years ago, I'm like, oh yeah, like the early 1900s. 1800s yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, just like how 1970 was just 30 years ago. Totally. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> Don't you come for me. <laughs> Uh, he, so Israel's leadership was filled with pastoral and reconciling ministry. He also believed strongly in continuing education for ministers and encouraged further study and theological education. The next one was W. Wallace Smith. Uh, by the time W. Wallace Smith, another son of Joseph, Joseph III, became president of the church in 1958. Expansion around the world was increasing and expanded rapidly in the following decade. He was able to personally visit many of those new congregations. As the church moved into these cultures, there were necessary growing pains. Leaders had to face hard questions and look closely at history and theology, working to determine what beliefs and practices were only culturally based, which were basic foundations. So imagine Um, that, like actually looking at the world and seeing what they're actually doing and how they uh, can contribute rather than basically colonize. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, breaking a precedent long held by other church leaders, W. Wallace chose to retire rather than serve until his death. He designated his son, Wallace B. Smith, as his successor in 1976 and retired as President Emeritus in 1978. So he was the first one to resign. Uh, so the next one is is Joseph J. Dog's grandson. So it's Joseph Smith III's, wait, no, great-grandson, right? Okay. Because yeah. these other three have been his grandchildren. Yeah. And then this one would be his great-grandson, his Wallace, great-grandson. Wallace B. Smith. Okay. Uh, and it wasn't until 1978. So that's so weird to me. Great-grandson, 1978. That wasn't that long ago. No, it was 30-some-odd years ago. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, during Wallace B. Smith's tenure as president of the church, many reforms were introduced. Some of those include ordaining women to serve in the priesthood, opening communion to all Christians, regardless of denomination, and building bridges with other faith communities. Uh, then the, he was the one that broke the ground for the temple in independence. Um, 
the new temple was to serve as a place of worship, learning, and an administration. It sounds like it's not like the temples. Not like our temples, or, well, our temples. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. And then the next one was, they have a lot of W's, I noticed. W. Grant McMurray. Uh, in 1996, Wallace B. Smith named W. Grant McMurray as his presidential successor. So uh, Wallace B. Smith also resigned. And this was and the first time. He gave it to somebody who wasn't of the direct lineage. Ooh, scandal. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Is that... Yes, he was the first one that was not, um, which was I thought was weird because it was actually not that long ago yeah 1996 uh this was the first time in our church's history that someone outside the smith family would lead the church as a historian and a visionary mcmurray challenged the church to honor its heritage while looking to the future uh oh yeah so like recognize your past and then also learn from it oh weird (laughs) what we can make changes and change course what You don't have to live by an archaic uh, thing from, oh, so it's interesting because the family proclamation, family proclamation came out in 95 and this was in 96. So right around that time. (laughs) They talk about this and um, yeah. Wow. Uh, In 2001, we officially became, this is from their perspective, obviously. We officially became known as Community of Christ to better articulate our mission to proclaim Jesus Christ and promote communities of joy, hope, love, and peace. I remember when they changed their name. Like, I remember I the announcement because I was, like, very young. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, in high school. baby. <laughs> Not in high school. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You're like, in kindergarten, at least, I right? Was, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just learning my letters. <laughs> yeah, I do remember when they changed and it was like a big thing. And I remember thinking like, well, if they're going to be about Christ, it makes sense to, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. In his closing sermon at the 1996 World Conference, McMurray reminded us that we have a special calling not only as a people with a prophet, but as a prophetic people. Yeah, that idea was echoed in a revelation later known as Doctrine and Covenants, section 162, when the church was reminded that as a prophetic people, we are called to discern the divine will for your own time and in the places where you serve. You can make your own call? Oh, what? Yeah. What? Make your own decisions. <laughs> I I need to sit with this. Free agency. That's really free agency, not just like oh. free agency. Say is free agency, but it's actually just control. You just have to do what we say. <laughs> it's free agency as long as you do what we say. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do the right thing or you'll be in big trouble. But it's your choice. It's your choice if you have severe consequences. <laughs> Are you wearing your CTR ring? <laughs> you always got to choose the right. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, when he resigned in 2004 without a designated successor, we were encouraged to take up our calling as a prophetic people and prayerfully discern together as a worldwide church whom God would call to lead the church next. <laughs> the voice of the people? Is this a democracy? What is happening? <laughs> what? what is happening? 
<laughs> well, it took him a year. So the following this period of prayer and discernment, Stephen M. Beasy was ordained as the eighth prophet president of the church in 2005, which I was like, they've only got eight? Only we had eight, like yeah. A jillion. How many did we have? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to sing the song and count on my fingers. Well, and the song's got to keep going and going now. Saturday prophets are number one. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, moving on before you start singing. VZ <laughs> uh, has already has greatly expanded the world church leadership to be more inclusive of the church's diverse voices. Weird. Uh, through his leadership, the church is continuing to articulate a clear identity as a people dedicated to following Jesus who live and do Christ's mission. Currently, uh, the church is led by Stephen Vizi as president prophet. He has two counselors, Scott Murphy and Stasi Cram. So. A woman. That woman? Mm-hmm. She's the presiding bishop and counselor. Uh, listen, listen to this. There's, um, these are the 12 apostles. Listen to the names. Barbara Carter. <laughs> Bunda Chibwe. I'm, I hope I'm not saying these wrong, but that was... And they all have, like, different places that they, like, are over. Kind of like the 70. Kind of like the 70 does, Yeah. But they're like over certain regions of the world. Huh. So you got uh, this person, I don't know, and Jan Grover, Ron Harmon Jr., Richard C.N. James, Robin Linkart, another woman, and Jan was also another woman, uh, Lachlan McKay, Catherine Mombwe, uh, black woman, uh, Carlos Enrique Mejia, David Nee, Arthur Smith, and Mareva Arnaud Chong, who's an Asian woman. Note there are five women serving as apostles. Each apostle is assigned to a different mission in the world. That's amazing. Yeah. Also, we got Steve Grafeo, who's the counselor to presiding bishop, uh, Stasi Cram. Uh, Jane Gardner, presiding evangelist. Susan Naylor, world church secretary. David Anderson, president of the High Priest Forum. John White, senior president of the 70. Matthew Frizzell, director of human resource ministries. So they have women not only at the table taking notes, but they're actually part of the leadership. At the head of the table, yeah. Fucking <laughs> amen. So I'm just kidding. I, I can't find if they have coffee or not, so my entire decision hinges on that. But <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, listeners, if we report to you in a <laughs> next week, <laughs> Dusty will be like. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I've been baptized again. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I guess that I will think... be your answer if uh, yeah. we'll just be like, well, Dusty joined. She baptized. But so that means they, they have coffee. <laughs> that was her deciding factor. So Yeah, yeah. I'm going to find <laughs> out. I need to know. <laughs> Listeners, if you know, just let this us know. This podcast would take such a turn. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> uh, a gay ex-Mormon veteran, and then his Canadian emotional support Canadian, who's now a uh, member of the member community, of the of community of Christ. <laughs> that is a little... That's that's too, that might be too long. We'd have to though. change our ta- tagline and everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, it's too much work. I'm not. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think organized religion is for me. <laughs> Nothing. 
Well, uh, yeah, that was it. Wasn't too bad, right? It was, no, that was, that was like, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Thought they're actually cool. not that bad. Like I, when I, I remember looking into I, them. Yeah. I can see why Exmos would sign up. Like absolutely, because if you're still holding on to those pieces that have been a part of your life for so long, and yeah. you're looking for yeah, somewhere. You still where, want that structure. Yeah, you want that familiarity and that structure. I could completely, absolutely understand. It's more yeah. liberal. Women have more rights. Like it doesn't seem like it's this damnation. And if you don't do what we say, you're gonna be. Like stolen away from your family forever, like <laughs> which I never understood. That's on the basis that we believe that God rips families apart. Yeah, like that's yeah. not that's not a God I really want to be involved with. So. No, nope. I don't know why anybody would want to be involved with him. But... Yeah. Oh, uh, side note, I mentioned this, <laughs> but <laughs> I was at my parents' house last night. And I overheard a conversation where there was like a debate, apparently, with my dad and this family friend. And it oh. was apparently the debate was who would Christ be at the um, in the spirit world or whatever at the pearly gates, quote unquote, when we die. Right. And my dad thought that he was not going to be. And then the family friend thought that he was. And my dad called and said, you were right. I found this thing that said you that proves that you're right. And he said, I'm sorry that I whatever. And then it was the thing that stuck with me, just as this is what goes with what you were saying, like a God that like will turn people away and like rip families apart. Yeah. It stuck with me was that he was saying he's like, uh, so basically sinners will get to Christ's presence, the pearly gate, see him and just turn away, turn themselves away. <laughs> like because they can't bear to be in his presence. And I'm like, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you believe that. And that means you think that I, anyway, that's good. Yeah. Family issues. But I just want to find a scientific text that proves that like gay animals exist and be like, could you read this please, sir? Yeah. Just, yeah. just wanted to prove something to you. And then you can yeah. apologize to your son and yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, we'll be good. <laughs> there's, a lot of um, there was one thing that I read that uh, animals in nature will uh, become not, they will become homosexual to if they're overpopulated. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's a form of survival. It's not just it, yeah. We've had multiple like gay horses over the years. <laughs> and you like, look at it like uh, what are we experiencing right now? Overpopulation in the world and. <laughs> Okay, so it's not like it's that's probably a good answer scientifically as to why there's so many more gay people in the world. Also, we're become more open to it, open but like, to it, yeah, it's just and also like it's we're not defined like we don't have to be defined like a man has to love a woman. Like we can just be so much more open and just love the person that we love rather than yeah, yeah. human human oh, yeah. doesn't yeah. matter body parts and whatever. It's just make it work. Make it work. <laughs> oh, we make it work. <laughs> As we veer into that territory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>